Hey, this is Shannon K, and you're listening to Get Real. Hey, everyone, this is Shannon K, and welcome to Get Real. Our guest today is one of UK's most recognized radio presenters. She has presented on some of the biggest stations in the UK, such as Capital, Kiss, and now has recently landed her dream job at Heart FM. Please welcome Pandora Christine. Hello, here I am. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me, by the way. Thank you for coming. How are you? Do you know what? All right, actually. I'm, I'm good today. You know, we're living in very strange and just weird times at the moment. And um, you know what? It's good to keep the positivity going and, you know, try and keep things on the up, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And how's the lockdown been treating you? Do you know, it took a little bit uh, of a while to get used to because I live on my own. It's just me and my dog. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... I've never really felt lonely before until like the very beginning of of lockdown because just knowing that you know for instance you you can't go out and see your friends you can't have your friends over that's you know it kind of highlights the fact that it literally is just you alone in the house luckily I've got a dog so obviously he keeps me company but do you know what I've gotten used to it now and I've uh, learned how to love my own company more you know ah that's so sweet I think I I feel the same way (laughs) do you live on your own no, I actually live with my mom and my sister, but you know, like you just mentioned, we usually go out for work and stuff and we meet a lot of people, but I yeah. guess lockdown made us really realize um, to, you know, get to know each other and ourselves more, you know? Yeah, definitely. I so agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to jump right into my first question. Please tell us about your journey. How did it begin? Um, you know, how'd you get into radio presenting I know that your personal life had been you know filled with ups and downs so despite of that how did you think of getting into radio presenting um well I started off I wanted to be an actress and I tried so hard um honestly I just wasn't that that good at it I had a few good years where I did uh small um student films, I did a few commercials, I did some documentaries. Um, I went up for a very, very, very big film. It was the follow-up to um, 10,000 BC. And unfortunately we had the credit crunch happen and the film was no longer gonna be made. And that was kind of like a turning point for me because every job that I went up for since then, I didn't get. It was always uh, between me and one other person or me and two other people. And I'd get down to the small little, like the groups. And then that was it. Just wasn't good enough. Just wasn't good enough. And it, you know, it took a while, a whole year of me um, doing promotions work. So I used to, to earn money. I was still um, doing promo work, like handing out flyers and um, giving out freebies at train stations, Mm -hmm. just, you know, the money flow going. And I had a whole year of doing auditions, literally probably about, you know, four a week. It was, it was quite regular. I just wouldn't get the job and I decided, right, what is it? Is this my true passion? Is this what I want to do? Am I actually any good at it? And when I looked at my CV, all of the jobs that I had got are parts where I've literally paid myself. So I decided, hang on a minute, there's, <laughs> there's a running theme here. So I wanted to find a job that was suited to me, being me. 
and radio presenting was exactly what I wanted because I'd had enough of being in front of the camera by then, you know, it actually made me a little bit more shy because of going, you know, up in front of, you know, having judges and casting directors watching you and then you're, you've got like two minutes to, you know, nail that audition. I kind of became a bit shyer in front of people. So radio presenting, I just thought, right, this is me. I get to speak to thousands of people, don't necessarily see them, and I get to talk about music and, you know, talk about my life. Um, and I thought, this is the job for me. So that was my turning point. Now, um, I had absolutely no um, uh, experience at all. I was going into, I did, I had, did drama at school, but that was it. So what I did is I found a um, job vacancy for a radio station called Heart. And it was for their ground patrol team. And what a ground patrol team is, it's like their promotions team. So you hand out flyers, you drive their cars around, you um, do, uh, like you set up like at events at schools and community centers. And that's what we did. Um, I did that for like about two years. And while I was there, I shadowed everyone I could. So I sat in on radio shows. I sat in on the marketing team, the sales team, the engineers, uh, anything to do with radio. If you worked there, I wanted to shadow you just for a day. But when I mean shadow, I mean uh, basically work with you for a day or like a couple of days and just see what you do and help out. And that's what I did. I made a lot of teas and I made a lot of coffees in that time. Um, everyone said that I needed experience. Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, I need to get a radio show on a community or a local or a hospital radio. And I thought, right, how am I going to do this? So I started looking around and I found that there was a, um, a vacancy at a, a community radio station, which was miles away from where I lived, but I got it. Unfortunately, it meant I had to leave my job. So I'd gone from a paid job working at heart mm -hmm. um, to then going back into promo mm -hmm. and just doing the uh, community radio show because I thought I need to do at least a year's experience before I even, you know, hand a demo into like a big radio station. And that's what I did. I did two till four in the afternoon on a radio show. I did an evening show. I worked my way up to doing a breakfast show. Um, which I absolutely loved. It was me and another, um, another person. This guy was my friend. And oh, this is something that I'll talk about. So when we talk about radio tips, learn your craft. And the reason why I say this is because I didn't. So I was there for, I think, for a year and a half when I got to the um, breakfast show. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I did not learn the desk. So when you do a radio show, you drive your own desk. You play your production, you play your... Um, your music and you, you know, you're doing the mic yourself. And I wasn't because I was in a twosome. I was on the other side of the desk and yeah, a whole year and a half. I didn't learn until one day um, my co-presenter was sick and he called me up. Oh my God, that's my phone. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> he called me up and he basically said, um, I can't, I'm ill. Mm. And I was like, um, I can't do it. How am I meant to do this job? I, I physically can't do it. I managed to get the presenter who was on before to stay with me and he basically taught me whilst I was doing the show. So that for me was another turning point. I was like, this is ridiculous. How can I have been here a year and a half and I didn't even know how to basically be self-sufficient, you know? And um, after doing that, I then stayed for another half a year. Unfortunately, money ran out because I was, you know, I had a dog. Um, I was living in the centre of London and the bills were getting up. I was doing... Um, 
I think a five days a week breakfast show, which then had to be cut down to four, because bear in mind, this wasn't paid. And I was doing three days, then I was doing two, because I needed to work. And then I decided, I'm ready. I made my own demos, and I started sending them out to uh, various stations. And um, there was one station in particular that I did a demo for, and it was as if I was on their station already. And I did it for, um, I think it was 12 till four in the afternoon. And it was a um, station called Choice, which is now Capital Extra. Mm. I said that to them, and I thought, right, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I am going to keep on coming back. If they, if they say no to me, I'm going to come back. And they did. Oh. I said no. I sent them another demo. And they were like, who is this girl? And then I got my foot in the door. They had um, vacancies over Christmas, and they needed me to do 3 a.m. till 6 a.m. in the morning. Mm. Um, you can call it uh, the graveyard shift or you can call it early breakfast. <laughs> Let's be nice and call it early breakfast. Um, and I got the chance to um, cover their shows, which was, oh my gosh, I just remember my heart beating the first time that I opened up that mic. I mean, I would dread to hear what I sounded like all of those years ago, I really would. But um, that was my first way in. From there, um, I became a full member of the team. Mm -hmm. I was the... Uh, early breakfast girl, uh, from three to six. Then I moved my way on to daytimes. I'm doing afternoons and I ended on uh, 10 till one in the uh, morning. From Capital Extra, I went to Capital. Then from Capital, I went to overnight again. because so I decided I want to be on that station, but it was still overnight. But I thought, right, once I'm on a bigger station, I'll work my way up again. And that's exactly what I did. From there, I went to Kiss and then from Kiss, I came to heart and this is where I am now. So this is a very special job for me because it's where I started like, you know, about 15 years ago, handing out flyers. I'm now presenting um, the morning show 10 to one and also on a Saturday show, uh, Club Classics, which is seven to 10. And it is the best fun. And it has so many memories for me because there's some people that are still working there from when I first met them, when I was a promo girl. So it's quite special. It's almost like, feels like, coming home. I've done like a full circle, you know? Oh, that's, that's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> no, I love it. It was such a great story. I think it could be turned into a movie, honestly. So Thank you. It just honestly shows that, you know, with, with the right dedication and passion, you can actually reach your goal. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, like you just mentioned, you were, you were technically learning while you were presenting. So yeah. that again is, it's so cool because, you know, a lot of times people get all their training and learning before they actually get into it, but you just went right ahead and you did absolutely wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. I had to learn fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And, you know, speaking of radio presenters, like a lot of times we've seen that there are usually men who, who do it, but you're a woman. So was that also hard to get into, you know, the industry where, you know, it's mostly men and male dominating. Was it hard to get into it? Do, do you know what? Years ago, when I first started, it was, yeah, as you say, it was quite rare for mm. women to do radio. There wasn't a lot of us for some bizarre reason. And I don't know why this started or how it became a thing <laughs> that it was so male dominated. I mean, I don't, I don't know how that even, you know, started, but I think that over the years, it has been, you know, 
squash that you know this shouldn't happen and that more females and more you know incredibly talented women uh need to come through they have been so i kind of feel as if like i was right at the start of that movement because since i've got into radio i have noticed many more females uh that have been coming out and dominating the whole um uh, radio industry so i luckily i came at the right time and you know it's just getting better and better and better absolutely and i'm so happy to see like you know females coming out and just presenting and being themselves and getting to hear their stories and you know talking about your stories i was i was reading your blog and you know i'm gonna be honest i was completely addicted to it i read almost everything and it was just amazing and and there was you know there was one of the topics about your life which you had you know mentioned in and the journey that you know that you went into it was just so inspiring i mean you know you mentioned that you were at the age of nine um correct me if i'm wrong um you know you you witnessed your mom's death and then from there on you know your whole life began of how you know at one point you were homeless you know you were digging out like food from trash and you'd sleep on, you know, the streets and, you know, you wouldn't even know where you end up in the morning, like at someone's backyard and stuff. And, and that, reading all that made me wonder, you know, how the world has never been safe for people um, who don't have a shelter or have any place to go to, especially children and girls. I mean, you know, they can end up in a, an extremely bad place and situation. So, what was going on inside that little girl's head when she had faced the most bizarre, you know, situation and condition? Like, what was going on? So, I'm going to use the word luckily here. Um, and the only reason why I say that is because I didn't know any different. Mm. Now I do. If you put me back into my, you know, my, my, my younger self, obviously I'd be way more aware of what is going on. But back then, uh, you know, sleeping on the streets, um, sleeping on park benches, getting picked up by police with my mom, you know, sleeping in um, police cells, which I used to think was amazing because then I knew it was somewhere warm to stay rather than being on the streets. Mm. It was just a way of life. And I didn't really have many friends either uh, at that age. So I didn't know that anyone else was having a different life. I just thought this is what it was. So in a way I was kind of lucky, luckily protected like that because it was just, you know, you're doing this, the person next door is doing this, the person I see on the street is living like this. And um, it's only when, you know, I became a teenager that I started to look back on life and just think, you know, and I met more people and I made friends that um, I realized what a difficult and dangerous situation that it actually was. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, when I watched my mother die at nine, I mean, that was just, there's certain things that I think will stay in people's minds forever. It could be a picture, it can be, you know, the moment of a breakup, a marriage breakdown, or, you know, maybe catching someone doing something that they shouldn't be doing. There's certain images and my mother dying in front of me is going to be one of them. It's, you know, at the time I thought she was playing. So what happened was that um, she was having a heart attack. Mm. Now at nine, I had no idea what that was meant to look like. I didn't know, you know, that someone convulsing was actually convulsing. I thought that she was playing and mucking around because we had, you know, a really good um, friendship. Mm -hmm. and she was a heavy alcoholic 
So, you know, a lot of the time when she was being jolly, you know, I thought she was being funny. So um, I thought it was one of those moments. And it was only when I saw her eyes rolling into the back of her head and the foaming of the mouth, it, I just froze. Mm. I, I have never had that sensation in my life. Like literally I could not move. It's just like everything just went done and that was it. I don't know how long I was standing there for. But when I broke myself out of it, I shouted to my brother. He wasn't believing me. I was trying to get him out of the shower. Unfortunately, by the time that the ambulance did arrive, my mum did pass away. Um, and I think there's certain things like that, that, you know, you can only, that can only shape you because you can look back on the past and, you know, it could send you into a major depression. I mean, we're all very heavy on um, mental health at the moment. And I, I don't think you should shut away feelings. I did this for years. There's people in my life, so I only started uh, talking about my personal life probably about two years ago. Mm. Um, so this is new to friends who I've had for about, you know, 10 years. Just wouldn't tell them, it would never come from conversation. And if it did, I would just move on to a different subject. So. I think it's very important that people do talk and they do share their stories um, because there's people out there who have gone through a lot worse. And I think that only by sharing, you can actually help other people. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it honestly takes a lot of guts to open up about situations and, you know, such sensitive topics and not just share your story, but also help those who've, you know, been in a worse situation than you have and I honestly commend you for doing that for sharing your story and inspiring so many people including myself so thank you so much for doing that thank you so much so thank you it's a pleasure to be speaking to you thanks of course so now returning back to your professional life I found out that you've not only presented on radio stations but you've also hosted you know live at live events uh, such as the Wembley Stadium in front of 80,000 people. I mean, wow. And not only that, you've also been on red carpets, you've interviewed some of the greatest major celebrities, and you have appeared on commercials. So when you were talking about your acting, I was like, ah, oh, that's where the link is. So how have you managed to do so many things? I mean, there are a lot of other things that I probably forgot to mention, but you know, you're such a multitasker. Like, how are you able to do so many things? And I guess my biggest question will be, how are you not nervous? Because, you know, when it comes to presenting and, you know, especially like radio presenting or commercials, you have to be very spontaneous and you have to be quick on your feet. You got to think fast, you know. So if, if I am someone, like I recently started doing this and believe it or not, I was so nervous. I was like, I can't do this. So how, what, what goes in your mind? Like, Wow, okay. Um... Okay, so I get nervous, like you do get nervous and I think it's, it's, it's good to be nervous because those nerves spur you on to do your best. Mm -hmm. um, okay, that first time, so I was working at Capital at the time and it was the uh, summertime ball. And I remember having to go out in front of 80,000 people. There's nothing that can prepare you for that. <laughs> it just isn't. So I'm naturally quite confident and I'm quite, um, I'm bubbly. I've got that kind of personality that, you know, I want to light up a room. But when it came to walking out onto that stage, you think that I would just go and boss it. I didn't. So when I um, was going up the stairs, so when you're backstage, you have these little uh, stairs that you go up and then there's like a little curtain until you go out onto the big main stage. And 
I just, all I can keep thinking is, I don't want to fall over. I don't want to fall over. I felt sick. I thought, what if I go out there and I just faint? <laughs> because like, maybe my nerves are going to overcome me and I'm just going to just do something that I'm going to regret for the rest of my life. Mm. And do you know what it was? The only time when I felt okay was when the curtain went back and I went out. That was the only time where I stopped feeling like, you know, when you're about to go on a roller coaster, that's yeah. what it was like in my stomach. But yeah. I just thought, this is it. What's the worst that can happen? And I started playing it over in my head. If I do fall over and I trip over the stage or my shoe, I'll make a fool out of myself and I'll just laugh. I'll laugh it off and do you know what I mean? I'll make everyone else laugh with me, not just at me. Mm -hmm. um, if I muff up my lines, I've got a script in my hand. Mm -hmm. So I'll just make a joke and then go back to the script. So I just thought to myself, well, then that's it then, isn't it? There's, there's really nothing to be scared of. And that's, you know, helped me out in life. We are going to get nervous and it will, you know, make us perform to our best. But what's the worst that can happen in any situation? Once you, you get that down in your head, I think that it almost calms you and you just think, well, okay, I've got this. It's like with radio. I still get, you know, nervous with radio sometimes if we've got like a big competition on and we're giving away, you know, millions of millions of pounds. I get nervous. You don't want it to go wrong. You don't want to say the wrong thing, do you? You want it to just sound amazing and you put the pressure on yourself. Mm. But what can go wrong? If I go off air, then I'll put us back on air. <laughs> I'll apologize. Do you see what I mean? It's, it's just, if you, think, if you think the worst and then you can work out how you can get out of that, there's nothing to be worried about. And mm. I think you have to put yourself in these situations because I always love new challenges. I love them. And even though I can be scared of them, I kind of want to do it to prove to myself that I'm not scared. Like I've done skydiving before because I was scared of heights and I made myself do it. I thought I'm not having it. <laughs> I want to jump out of a plane and I want to get over my fear and I did it. I still haven't done a bungee jump though. That's one thing I haven't done. I don't know about that. I just don't think I actually want to do it. <laughs> oh man, I love both of them and I would absolutely... <laughs> Yeah, I would absolutely accompany you for bungee jumping. I'm all about that. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Well, then this is going to be on because I haven't done it yet, and that is one of my biggest fears a bungee jump. Great. Okay. I'm all on board. <laughs> all right, we'll make that happen then. <laughs> great, great. Well, speaking of nerves, I would just, you know, ask you for any tips or advice that you have for people who are starting to get into radio presenting. And, you know, especially um, along with that, to those people who are, um, you know, foster kids and have a dream of becoming something just like yourself. Any tips and advice for that? Okay, uh, I've got loads. <laughs> they go up, but I'll calm down. Um, okay, so um, number one, I'd say be organized. Mm. Do, do your prep. So for instance, when you're um, doing a radio show, don't just turn up and expect, you know, everything to be done for you by a producer or you know you just get there and you don't know what to do and you're asking other people know what you want to talk about mm -hmm. you've got the music go for it what's going on in the world you check your social media you check the news what's going on in your life always be prepared like I already know now a few things what I'm going to do on the show tomorrow so mm -hmm. I'm always one step ahead because you never want to be in a situation where you don't know what you're saying and you don't know what you're doing and mm -hmm. um, then that's when we, we easily make mistakes so being prepared would be one of the, the biggest thing if you're going to do a show then come stacked with information and things you want to talk about features you want to do any little games you want to play on air um, have them all and then and then go for it mm -hmm. um, don't be afraid of critique mm -hmm. a lot of people 
I think, take offense. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it could be something that you said, or maybe someone says that you can do something better or they didn't like the way that you did something. Instantly you get offended. Then you're not actually hearing what they're saying because you're offended. Yeah. I think that we need to learn how to um, take critique and learn how to better ourselves. And it's all about turning the negatives into a positive. If you tell me that I'm not good at this particular subject, I will work harder to be better. How can I improve? It's also about asking the right questions, never just, you know, walking away and then redoing something and coming back. Yeah, I think it's ask questions on how you'd like it to be improved or what you can do to improve yourself or whatever, you know, situation that you're in. Um, I think know what station that you want to be on. There's no point doing a single demo and then sending it out to 15 stations because those 15 stations probably have different music. They have a different community that listens to them. Um, they have different games and uh, features on different various shows. And I think that when you do a demo, Mm-hmm. Make it specific. So you know what their breakfast show are doing. You know what the station is doing. Like, are they giving away, I don't know, if, you know, if we weren't in, you know, the pandemic that we're in, if you were giving away a holiday to the Maldives, know what they're doing. So when they hear the demo, it sounds like you're already on their radio show. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? That you want to basically give them some a package and go, this is me. This is how I'm going to sound on your station. Mm-hmm. You give them that, it will blow them away. Um, I would say be relentless. Mm-hmm. Don't take no for an answer because you, you'll know this, you know, getting into the, you know, any kind of media, radio, even if you want to be, you know, an actor or an actress, it's hard. You're never going to just walk on in and go, right, okay, cool. That's it. You've made it. There's a breakfast show or yeah. breakfast TV. It's not going to happen. So don't be afraid of the knockbacks. Don't be afraid of having to work your way to the top and don't assume that it's going to take you two months because it could take you years. You've just got to be relentless and keep banging on the same doors. Okay, if those doors don't listen, go to the doors above them. <laughs> go straight up. Like, you will get through. If I can, you know, go from, you know, living on the streets to, you know, now being on the biggest radio station in the UK, it's, it's crazy. Even I think sometimes it's just crazy. So if I can do it, you can definitely do it. Um, and my final piece of advice would be, make sure to take time out for yourself mm-hmm. uh, because with this i'm a workaholic like as you said i do loads of different things whether it's live presenting whether it's uh, on the radio whether i do commercials blogging i do it all and um, because i like to be busy and i like to be creative but i've learned especially during this pandemic as well that taking time out for yourself it's so important. Even if it's sitting down to watch the TV, maybe you want to write poems, maybe you want to go and play with your dog and take your dog to the park. Whatever it is, make sure that you cut time out every single day just for you. And you know, I would say as well, it's no phones, no phones. Because you need shut off time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes, you know, trying to keep up with people and trying to keep up with work life and trying to, you know, especially if you're trying to make it, you're always thinking of the next thing and your brain doesn't have a time to just cut off. If you have your phone or your laptop with you, that's it. You're still connected. And I think you have to have that knockoff time so that, you know, that when you are switched on, you're switched on and you, you don't burn out at the end. Wow. These tips and advices are definitely something to work on. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite a few. That's what I said. I was going to cut it down, but. <laughs> no, but really, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Well, now we're going to move on to something really cool and fun. We're going to go on to our game segment. So, okay. are you ready for it? I am ready for it. Bring it on. Bring it on. Cool, cool, cool. So, I've got some bunch of random questions for you, and all you got to do is answer as fast as you can. Uh, okay, right, go. Go, go, go. All right. All right. Okay. Of all the celebrities whom you've interviewed, who was your favorite? Uh, the Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. One thing which you always wanted to do but haven't done. Definitely not bungee jumping. Yeah. Um, one thing I've always wanted to do. Hang on. Always wanted to do, but haven't done it. Oh, what's the one thing I've always wanted to do? Hang on. This is really good. Um, learn how to ice skate. Okay. Yeah. I think I can do that too. <laughs> how can you? I've always wanted to go backwards and all of that. Yeah. Never been able to do it. Yeah, me neither. I, I need to learn that. It's always been so fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, if your work were edible, what would it taste like? Oh, my work were edible? Mmm. Okay. I think it would taste like candy floss. Okay. I like always want more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What could be the hashtag that can define you? Oh. Okay. Oh, I would say oversharing. Okay, hashtag oversharing. I yeah, hashtag oversharing. I overshare a lot. <laughs> All right, tell us one thing people don't know about you. Okay, what would you not know about me? Um, Oh, this is good. I was meant to be answering as fast as I can, and this is not happening, is it? Okay, one thing you don't know about me. Um, okay. I, I can't do it now, but I did. Uh, I got to my grade two in um, British Sign Language. I did, uh, yeah, I took up sign language because uh, I had a friend uh, when I was back in school who was deaf, and I was trying to learn sign language for her. So, yeah. I don't think anyone would know that. Yeah, I didn't keep it up, unfortunately, so I, I wouldn't really know now. I think I can do my name and that's it. <laughs> All right, and last but not least, one embarrassing moment from your life. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. All right, it was, um, I was meant to be interviewing Neo. Uh, he had come into the building. Um, I was meant to do a, um, a whole, it was like a, a live online um, filmed interview. Mm -hmm. It was running a little bit late. I was busting to go to the toilet. I'm in the studio. I come running out. Now, you go down a straight hallway and you turn left, but mm -hmm. there's the lift. So I go straight down, because I didn't want him to be in the studio without me. I wanted it to be all professional, so I wanted to be in there. Uh -huh. so I run into the toilet, I turn left. He obviously comes out of the toilet. I bump straight into him, bang. And I like there's loads of bouncers around him as well. So there's a whole team of people, but he was the person who I bumped into, created such a scene. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he goes, it's okay, it's okay, chill, chill. And then I was like, right, I've got a really big interview, bear in mind, I just, cause I was so stressed and so like flustered, I didn't realize it was him. Oh. I just thought it was someone that I knew because I'd watched him on TV and you know, I just thought, oh, he must work here. So I bumped into him said to him, oh, I've got this really big interview, I've got to go, can't speak. Anyway, <laughs> I go straight into the toilet, come back out, 
back into the studio, realized it's the same guy. I was so shocked that it was near standing right in front of me and that I just bumped into him. I dropped, because I brought in water and stuff as well. I dropped everything on the floor and created such a mess in the studio. I was just like, I am so sorry. I, like I bumped into him, threw everything on the floor. Oh, and this, this, just to top it off, I was so kind of like in awe of him. Mm. He had this gorgeous, lovely demeanor. When I sat down, you know, <laughs> My uh, producer was cleaning up the mess that I'd created with the water and stuff. I said, oh, hi. Um, what's your name again? <laughs> That's how I started. You know, yeah. No one will ever find that, okay? Because I, uh, I asked that to be deleted. It was just, you know when something starts like worse and just gets worse and yeah. worse and worse? And it was my first really big interview as well. Wow. So it was just, it, it's because it started bad, like, you know, from bumping into him, not mm -hmm. recognizing who he was and then just dropping everything in front of him and then not knowing his name, even though I knew it. <laughs> oh, it was awful. Wow, that, okay, that has to top it off with all the most embarrassing moments that I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible, and I hope he doesn't hate me. <laughs> I hope he doesn't. Um, so thank you so much for coming on to the show. I had such a lovely time talking to you. Thank you for opening up about so many things and inspiring a lot of people. I hope that you continue to do so. And I will keep reading your blogs. So thank you so much for sharing that as well. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, listen, you are shining star, so you keep doing your thing as well. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs>